What's up, you guys? Welcome to the August 6th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to talk some weekend news and taking a bunch of your questions. A lot of them. I'm going to try to get to all of them, but uh, yeah, it was, it was cool, man. So appreciate the questions and try to zip through them. But I do want to talk about some news. We saw the NBA Africa game. I really don't care about that. Uh, Manuel Moutier played well. We've seen him go off in friendlies before, so no big deal. I'm pretty much ignoring that. Uh, I love Jamal Murray. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Uh, Andre Drummond took four three-pointers, made one. Uh, one of six from the line, not surprising. Uh, and Victor Oladipo, he looked good. He's uh, a guy that's looking like a nice bounce-back candidate, man. We'll talk about him, too. Got a question on him. Um, but yeah, other than that, nothing really to take away. Kemba Walker getting out there was a good sign, 12 minutes. Uh, Jalen Brown also looked good, um, was a little banged up late in summer league, so we like to see those guys that were hurt come out there and perform good stuff, uh, especially Kemba who had a minor arthroscopic procedure on his knee. Normally really durable, what, 80, 80 games average in his last two? I think it was, what, 79 and 81 or something like that. Uh, Kemba's been pretty good at staying on the floor. So he should be all right. Okay, so other notes. Uh, I guess kind of the big one would be uh, Giannis. He has some knee tendonitis uh, as he's playing for Eurobasket. He's shut down for five days. Knees aren't really bad for Giannis. He had a left knee issue. He missed one game back in 2015, the 2015-16 season. So there's really no trend there. Um, so, you know, hopefully he comes back. He, he did get an MRI, more precaution, uh, especially in the summer. You want to make sure that they're good before they um, have any issues. So, uh, I don't think that this is going to affect his draft stock too much. I still have him number two for nine cat. And maybe that makes it a little bit more solid for cat. And, I mean, again, you could flip it. And you just have to know how your league works. And if you think you want to go scoring heavy first, then sure, take Westbrook or take Harden. Um, you, can real, you can make an argument for any of those guys. Uh, you can make an argument for Kawhi, number one, if you're not worried about the pop factor. There's, yeah, there's just so many guys. So the first round is really deep. Yeah, it's not it's not bad picking at the end. There's a guy I actually like a lot that I don't think many people like. Um, I'm liking him more and more the more I research my boy last year. I'll get to him in a second too. Okay, so Ennis Cantor's working on his three point shooting. I we'll see. Uh, we know that this is going to be a big thing for them. They're going to need spacing. He's going to really be a big part of the second unit. So in the minutes that Westbrook and Paul George don't play together, which should be kind of few and far between, right? You think they would kind of stagger them. They don't really play Westbrook too many minutes compared to guys like Harden or Jimmy Butler and those guys. But George and them, they're going to play a good... That that was the thing with the Thunder last year. They just unraveled when Westbrook was off the court. So you would think they would try to cut back on that and put Paul George out there. So Again, Cantor is kind of sneaky. He's really underrated... Um, he should still be, you know, near 20 usage. He's going to score probably teens, uh, you know, close to 10 boards. Not much else, though. Solid percentages, so it's fine. Nice little decent pick late in drafts. I think I got him in, like, the 12th uh, in that little two-man mock. We'll be talking about that throughout this pod. Okay, so IT is not going to have Isaiah Thomas, not going to have surgery, should be ready for camp as expected. That whole hip thing is a little scary. I'm down on IT, and I've said this a few times. I'm kind of down on the Celtics in general. Just the, ta- the team's just too talented. Uh, let's see. 
Uh, I took him at the end of the second round in that little two-man mock, which I don't. I feel like I may have. I may change that. I kind of wanted him to have surgery, so we'll see if. Uh, and hopefully not a long one, but yeah. I mean, be careful. I, I think I. I think I'm off Isaiah. Jenner. I'd rather take a, a shot on. Lowry or Conley or any of those, even Bradley Beal, I think I like a little bit more than IT. Um, but yeah, he should be fine. Uh, again, coming off that monster year, first round value pretty much. Uh, so Ricky Rubio said he's happy to be in the organization that wants him. Talked about all the trade rumors for the past basically two years. And he should be good, man. I mean, this guy put up basically second round value after the break. Uh, really got hot after people were cutting him in December, January, and just rolled. Like him and Marvin Williams, guys were get, they were getting cut, and now they were on a lot of championship teams, right? So I think Rubio's going to be good. Mints are going to be there. They like PNR. We saw Rudy Gobert really become the best pick and roll man. Um, if you take away dunking, I guess. But him and DeAndre Jordan were pretty much neck and neck all season. But. That's a great sign for Gobert. I think Gobert is just going to be a stud, man. Definitely a borderline first, late first. Um, he, he should be awesome if you could deal with the free throw pointing. And that's fine. I mean, especially if you play in a league that's pretty savvy. Usually there's only one or two, more, no more than two people in really savvy leagues are going to punt. So taking Gobert in a, this is head-to-head, nine-cat, deeper league, you know, you don't want to do it in a, a shallower or a, even an eight cat's a little riskier because there's less categories, so they're a little bit more valuable each one. Uh, talk about that in detail in the draft guide, but basically, the in, in essence, the more categories there are, the less valuable each category is. So you could punt a category, and it wouldn't sting as much. You know, if you have ten categories, one category is ten percent. If you play in four categories, each category is twenty five percent. You know, one plays in. A, I mean, people do play in four cat leagues, but yeah. Anyways, Gobert's awesome. I like I like Ricky Rubio a lot. Um, the they were ninety seventh percentile. The Wolves were for role man scoring. So you would think that Rubio is going to run a lot of PNR with Gobert and even um, some other guys too. I mean, favors if he can get out there another nice value pick late, um, kind of a bounce back candidate. So I, I'm I'm kind of big on the Jazz. We we like we like the pace, but they're not going to have um, a very fast team, but they're good, man. And they run a lot of, a lot of. They're gonna probably have more threes. And they'll be more fantasy friendly this year with Rubio around. Uh, Boogie Cousins lost weight, looked good, and also some talk of increased pace. We've seen Alvin Gentry talk about pace basically every summer, and it really hasn't come to fruition. But the actual evidence is there. One being Boogie, and I think getting Rondo. Don't forget. Boogie and Rondo were first in pace two seasons ago with the Kings. They led the NBA in pace that year. So, that's good. Uh, you like that? Again, uh, lots to like for the Pelicans. Uh, AD, definitely solid first rounder. Uh, Boogie, pretty much solid second rounder. Drew Holiday, as much as I like what the Pelicans are doing this offseason, taking the ball away from Holiday, I don't really get that uh, with the Rondo deal. is bargain for sure, but... Starting Rondo and taking the ball away from Holiday. We'll see. And this is probably a lot to do with Boogie Cousins because they played well. And as we mentioned before, Drew Holiday and AD were really good together. So stagger them together with Rondo and, and Boogie. Always have one of those tandems on the court at all times. 
So hopefully the Pelicans are a little more fantasy friendly. Again, very top-heavy team. They're not going to have really anyone else produce fantasy value um, besides those guys. Even Rondo would be all right. But um, we saw Holiday put up numbers even when both Boogie and AD were flirting with 30 usage rates. Holiday still was able to get his. Uh, other notes. Uh, so there's the Bledsoe, Bender, and the Miami pick for Kyrie. That's interesting. Uh, Phoenix reportedly willing to do it. Cavs holding out for a little bit more. Um, you know, it's not really a championship kind of package as much as Bender looks good. Uh, if they maybe take Bender and flip him, that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, but Bender played well, and he really showed his versatility in summer league, playing three positions. He played three positions in summer league last year, played some center late in the season after his ankle injury. Pa- tradition, uh, typical power forward. We saw him play three last year as well. So you love that. Um, we, we talk about position flexibility a lot, and that's that's his game. Uh, I still think Marquise Chris is way ahead. Marquise Chris did roll his ankle. should be fine. So uh, I'm big on Marquise Chris. Okay. Uh, and also Jalen Brown's um, working on his ball handling. It sounds like they're and he knows that his best path to minutes is at the two. So it sounds like he's aware and he's gonna go for it. Um, a fine sleeper pick. They they're gonna go. Pro, they're gonna mix it up. They're gonna play Hayward at the two. I think maybe even Jason Tatum and all that. But Brown's Brown's good. Um, again, really impressive over summer league before he got hurt. Arguably top five pure playing talent in in that event. Uh, again, the NBA players that have a year under their belt get just a huge, huge boost. When you're a pro player for a whole year, you get a lot of good practice with the best coaches and the best players. So that's just big, big compared to you know going to class and stuff. As much. I, I won't talk about that. Okay. Okay, so let's get to your questions. Uh, J1's asking the keeper question for a 16-team 9-cat. Looking at Yusuf Nurkic, Nerwins Noel, Jalen Brown, and Jeff Teague. I think that kind of depends on where you're at. If you're trying to win now, I'd probably take Teague. If your team stinks, uh, I'd probably roll the dice on Noel and see if he can get going. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm still a little scared on Nurk just because of the durability issues. And we're going on a small sample size. As great as he was, yeah, we know. Hopefully, too bad he can't play Denver every game. Uh, he'd, he'd be like uh, in the mix for the first overall pick, but um, a little, little scared. Uh, we talked about this in the last pod. ESPN was really aggressive on Nurk. What I think thirty six or something. That's way too high for me. Uh, yeah, that's even probably high for Jonas, um, my my usual co-host. So um, yeah, uh, and then Jalen again. Pure. It, it's just Boston's going to be good for a while, and there's too much talent. He's going to have to fight off Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward. Uh, I, I think town. I think Brown's gonna be really good, but it's just risky. So if your team is really bad, um, maybe or yeah, I, I still would probably take Noel. Or if your team's really bad, okay. So Austin Lowry is asking a great question. He wants. He just wants to know what's up with Miles Turner. And I love Miles Turner. I would take him over LeBron. As crazy as that sounds, um, the numbers on him are really good. He had a uh, 22.1 usage rate without Paul George. I think that's going to go up. I think it'll be like 24, 25. And then also a note, he had a 60.1 true shooting percentage without Paul George versus a 58.2 with him. Better board numbers. So you're basically talking about mini cat. Uh, was probably more blocks, not as much scoring and rebounds and assists and all and really threes, but man, uh, he looks really good. Um, and it's just a great way to start your team if you're looking to build a team that's going to have good percentages. Having Towns or Turner, or if you could get both, 
that would just be insane. You could just really build strong percentages up and down your lineup and just draft guards and even take a little bit of a hit on field goal percentage while you are elite in uh, free throw percentage. So um, I don't think Turner's going to slide. Again, ESPN had him at like almost 40. Uh, that'll be coming up. But I love I love Miles Turner probably. Again, um, yeah, I, he's just – we love that. We love – this is the Serge Ibaka thing a couple of few years ago when Serge was really good elite in blocks and good in percentages they're just so few and far between and they show up well on the player radar and all that too but just besides it just gives you so much roster flexibility to have a guy like Turner on your team um, auction just spend up and assume no one could spend more than you um, I mean he's all, he's pretty close to Jokic uh, I don't know if that sounds crazy but um, don't forget um little injuries for Jokic. We did see him kind of go off, go down a little bit. But, I mean, I still love Nurk. I'm sorry, Jokic, but they're, yeah, they're, they're both awesome. Just like we said this the past month on these pods, getting a big man early, it gets a bonus. Uh, you, you're going to be, you're going to be having to reach a little later if you don't get one. So, even going, like I said, big, big is cool. I would love to have Jokic and, and Miles Turner. Uh, Okay, so Josh is asking another interesting question here. Uh, can Alfred Payton repeat his second half from last year? Where should he be drafted? Uh, yeah, he was 24th post-break. Uh, so Alfred Payton was really good, triple-doubling, uh, just to give you that stat line. He made free throws. That was really the key. He was 14 points a game, 51% from the field. That was tremendous from the 46th pre-break. Uh, also 74% from the line. Uh, 1.0 steals, 0.6 blocks is n- not nothing. Uh, 8.4 assists is huge. Seven, he was mini Westbrook without the scoring, basically. So uh, with better percentages uh, as far as from the field goes. So I don't, sorry for the super high pitch, I'm not drafting Peyton. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm just stubborn. Uh, he went in the eighth round of the draft with Jonas and me, and he went to a punting team. So another, um, well, I'm not really buying that free throw percentage. So you're probably looking at like maybe 71, percent which is fine. Um, that's doable. That means you don't have to punt. But yeah, I mean, just to hit the the efficiency from there is going to be good. They're going to space the floor more with maybe that was part of it too. Aaron Gordon playing more four and having a little bit more up tempo, and uh, they're not going to be they're clocking up the paint, and that may have helped him as well. Um, the playing the double big lineup may have hurt him. So, yeah, I think we probably slept on him. So maybe, like, I would still take Darren, Dennis Smith Jr. But he's in that, definitely in that Lynn Schroeder. Uh, who else? Uh, he's probably in the Smith tier. Um, other, and then, yeah, that's kind of the next tier there. Who else is in that mix? Yeah, it's, I think that's a good little tier there. Okay. Uh, and he's also asking about punting. It kind of hinted at it. The more categories, the more, like, you want to punt. Um, I, I'm co- and I really can't do it in Roto, uh, where you all you basically your whole season is one gigantic week, but uh, you could do it nine catch you can, uh, especially in head to head you can do it you could punt two categories if you want you could be like okay my team's sucking percentages and I'll just dominate the counting stats, so it depends on your league format. Um, you know, if you're adding and dropping a lot, those guys have a little bit, and you're active and more active than your other owners, those percentages count a little bit more because if you're streaming so many guys, you're going to have more counting stats. So it's nice to have a higher floor on your percentages because those aren't counting stats. So, 
Okay, but yeah, again, uh, if and if someone beats you to the punch, on you got to kind of think on the fly. If you're in the fifth round and no one's punting free throw percentage yet, and you see DeAndre Jordan sitting there, and you're like, okay, cool, and you don't have Harden or even it Tom it he was really good from the line last year. Then it's cool, like LeBron, Gobert. Um, I, I wouldn't like to do it with Jokic or Davis, or. I mean, I guess you could kind of do it with Kawhi because he doesn't go to the line that much, so you're not taking too much away. Like, Damian Lillard's another guy who's probably going to be really good from there. Um, I mean, Kyrie does... You want guys... if Like, Chris Paul, too. Good free-throw shooter, sure, but he's not going to go to the line that much. So, it's tricky. Again, you got to think on the fly. You can't go into your draft thinking, like, okay, I'm going to punt. I mean, you can, but... you. You really don't, and especially when during the season we talk about this a lot too. When people know what you're trying to do, it gives you less leverage in trade markets and in pickups too. Like you could see someone who gets hot, and you know, you I know you want him. I may just pick him up just because I could trade him to you. So it, you like to keep your your plays close, a little covered up. Uh, unpredictability in fantasy could be fun. Uh, I know people who like to bench their entire rosters for fantasy football just to keep you guessing, which I have done at times. Or put the wrong guy in, or the guy you're not going to put in, just like mess with them. Like, oh, he's playing this guy. I have this quarterback, so maybe I could play him just in case we can both score. Like if you have Brandon Cooks and he has Tom Brady, and you know, you're playing Tom Brady, maybe he's more likely to play Brandon Cooks or something. But obviously you're playing Cooks and Brady every week, but you get my point. Okay, Mikey Vasquez is asking, good question here, Nick Batum and George Hill, can they hold up upside this year, and where do they end up? Let's start with George Hill. He's in a better system, I guess, because the Kings are going to be a little bit faster. He has less talent around him. But they're they're going to be rebuilding. They're going to play their younger guys, so you got to be a little bit careful there. Uh, I don't. You could probably throw Hill in that Alfred Payton tier that I was mentioning. Yeah, definitely, actually. Um I'd probably rather have Peyton uh, in a vacuum. But, yeah, George Hill, just the injuries were killer. We saw him start last year on fire. Uh, what, he was first round for his first, like, 10 games or something before he got hurt. Um, and just couldn't stay on the court. That's his thing. We saw, and even in the end of days, he was out for, you know, good 20 games at a time. Um, he's just, he's hurt a lot. And that stinks, especially if you're playing in... Uh, daily leagues where you don't have an IR spot, that extra spot kills you. So I, I'd be careful. On Batum, let's let's look at his stats. He was, and this isn't this isn't new. He's been a down field goal percentage guy, with the exception of his 13-14 season, uh, and then before he was really relevant. He's been a 41% kind of a guy. For 14-15, uh, he was 40%. La- two seasons ago, he was 43%. Last year, he was 40.3% on t- 13 shots a game. That's just, that's just gonna that's gonna hurt. Um, he's good everywhere else, though. I mean, he's good to steal. His blocks are down. He had a career low in blocks by a lot. I mean, 0.4 blocks is, is not good. We just talked about uh, getting 0.6 from Elford. <laughs> so there you go. I, I used to drop the tomb left and right, man. Um, especially in that 13-14 season. I had him in a lot of spots. But it's so tough. Like you ha- you have to pretty much punt. I don't expect him to come back up to over 43. I think I'd probably put him at like 41 again. But if you can eat that field goal percentage, he's a great guy to have. Uh, his durability has been pretty good. At least 73 games in each of his last five seasons. 
Um, he does have, and the injuries are kind of weird ones. So he should be, he should be fine. Um, it's just, it depends uh, on what you want to do with him. Moving along, uh, good question from Josh asking, "What's up with Tyreek Evans? They got him for basically nothing. Uh, maybe the hometown discount, being from University of Memphis, but he's pretty much there." Another guy they can use um, is Chandler Parsons insurance. Uh, I would rather draft Chandler Parsons. I really don't see the. And I've never been a Tyreek guy. He's hurt too often, uh, and that's why he got such. He got kind of the old make good deal. So I I can't touch Tyreek. Um, I mean Conley's gonna handle the ball. He's gonna play big minutes. They still have Gasol. So. Yeah, it's, he's pretty much a role player now. We'll see if he can do anything else. Uh, okay, so Matt Angelo is asking for some breakouts. I think you guys know Jamal, I love Jamal Murray. Uh, we talk a lot about... Uh, I, I like Nets, um, a lot of them. I think Rondé's solid. Uh, I think Alan Crabb's in a great spot. Uh, and then post-type sleepers are always fun. Uh, we talked about favors and those guys. Um, I like Dennis Smith Jr. a whole lot. I like Marquise Chris a lot. Uh, I think Rodney Hood's a, a good breakout pick if you can deal with the knee concerns uh, and you get him pretty late. You know, even 7th, 8th round I think is fine for him. Uh, I think Boban's a good one. <laughs> um, Boban, Boban, it's hard to break out with 20 minutes a game, but it's possible <laughs> for him uh, with how much he eats. Um, so yeah, I, I love him. Uh, DeJounte Murray, or early season, more of a roto guy because he's going to lose minutes late in the season. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, those are probably it for the... And there's a bunch of them uh, off the top of my head. Uh, let's see. I think Clint Capel's going to have a big season if you're punting. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it, I think. Just off the top. Darren Collison's a, a good breakout pick. Rashawn Holmes, must have. Trust the process insurance. Uh, Lonzo could break out. He's going to go pretty high depending on where you live. If you live in L.A., I think Lonzo will probably go like second round, <laughs> which is, is pretty steep price. Uh, keep an eye on Jared Allen for the Nets. He can be sneaky. All right. Uh, okay, so we'll move on. Uh, oh, he's also asking about Otto Porter. Otto Porter, he went, let's see, in the draft with Jonas, he went in the middle of the fifth round. That's probably about right. Um, he'll, he'll probably go fourth. And he, I don't know if we're buying what he did totally. He was pretty solid. He was better in the first half, but he was still he still finished as the twenty second player per game um, with eighty games played. So um, he was really the steal of the draft last year. Um, a lot of he went undrafted in some leagues, and he was pretty much one of the main reasons why I won my thirty man league because uh, I got him at like a hundred and twenty three or something. It was just bargain central he was 15th overall miles turning was 16th overall and i had i had those two guys and i had james harden so that's a pretty good way to start a 30-man league uh, amongst other guys anyway uh, what else we got let's see uh okay uh captain sprinkles is asking how high are we on deloading d'angelo russell i like him he may come up the bench zach Lowe reported that they're going to probably try to start crab at the two, and then play D.A.R. as a six-man, which is fine. He should still get his 27 minutes, I think. They're going to play him small. They can play Crab at the three. We saw Crab play a lot of minutes next to C.J. and Dame, especially against the Warriors in the playoffs a couple years ago. So, yeah, 
Um, I like DAR a lot. Fourth, late fourth, maybe even later, depending on who's still on the board. I mean, Jonas and I pretty much have similar guys, and he went and yeah, he went late fourth. So that's kind of about right. Um, but again, this is after guys like Depot went, Conley went, Middleton, and so on. So yeah, I mean, fourth fifth round. Uh, I like him more than Alfred and Schroeder and those guys. Um, just big upside. And I love the net system, man. Um, they were first in pace last year. They take a lot of pull up, a lot of catch and shoot jumpers. It's just a great system for him. That's what he wants. Okay, so Babe Kawhi is asking, or could Victor Oladipo be a top thirty player? I think so. I love Victor Oladipo. At pretty much every mock I've done, I've went after him. Uh, aggressively late third for me um you know he's pretty much ranked basically 30 a little bit later like 37 ish or something i have him on mine we saw westbrook this zap usage out of everyone uh, especially victor oladipo who was not healthy not in shape and now he's healthy he's in shape he's been working out like crazy he's been lost weight he looked good with the 28 points in the africa game again not a big deal but this team's gutted. Um, they're not going to be good. Miles Turner, they, they should be fast, um, especially with a guy like Turner who can run the floor really well. And Darren Collison's played in fast systems before. And Victor Oladipo's played in fast systems before. With OKC's, they're not necessarily fast, but he can run when he needs to. So I love him. Again, I am a big f- proponent of picking players on bad teams. Uh, it's just, you're going to get shots, man. Um, and usually they're faster too. <sighs> okay. Um, projection on Embiid over under 60 games. I think I have him at 63. Uh, I don't know if that's high or low, but I hope he's back, man. He's doing some on-court stuff. He should be ready for camp. They're not going to limit him as much. They are going to still rest him, so we're probably not going to get 75 games out of him. But if you can, if he gets you 70 games, you're golden if you pick him in the third. Uh, he's going to pretty much put up first-round per-game value, I think, uh, when he's on the court. We saw him for DFS just clean up every time he played him pretty much, unless he got hurt. Uh, just I love the process. Uh, Steven Simmons is asking, Conley or Lowry? Great, great comparison. Definitely in the same tier. I think Lowry is probably the better guy and will probably be the more popular guy. So maybe if you're picking or if you're picking early, you know, you go Towns or Giannis and then you can get Lowry there and then take Conley on the way back. That seems like a great way to start a team. Again, we're assuming assuming guys like Miles are gone. But I like Conley, man. We saw what he did in the playoffs. Uh, Fizdale has his back uh, and vice versa. So Conley, highly paid, but he is worth it. And he's good. And Memphis didn't quite embrace the pace talk that they were pimping last summer. But now that Zebo's gone, they should be a little bit faster this year. So that's all good stuff for Conley. Uh, Conley could easily, and same with Lowry. Lowry. I think Conley's actually safer, which is kind of counterproductive to what he was earlier in the year, or earlier in his career. He would miss games a lot, especially, or that little two year stretch, he was missing games a lot. But I'm kind of sold. I, I, I like Conley more than most. Um, but yeah, it's like splitting hairs. Uh, Danny's asking a good question. Favorite type of a league? Okay, so I, I'm still all about nine cat head to head categories. 
maybe because I think I'm the best. I'm that's my best game because I know it so well. But there's a lot of I don't like points leagues. Uh, I get enough points leagues out of my fantasy football fix. So uh, I like more strategy involved. The more categories, not too crazy. But I mean, I, I've seen people playing like 16 category leagues. That's too much. Um, you could really like that. Basically, just if you're playing free throw percentage, you're just punting that all day. It doesn't matter. So, but yeah, those are fun too. Uh, my one of my friends plays in a, a salary league where it's points. Uh, and I, I, if it, and I always help him out. Um, basically, they do like contracts for. X amount of players for one, two, three, or four years, and they get a certain. It's like basically like the NBA with the salary cap. Uh, the rookie players are are really cheap, like kind of like the NBA, even cheaper than the NBA. So having a, a rookie breakout is just everything. So those are fun. But yeah, nine cat. I'm pretty basic. Nine cats is, is my way to go. Eight cats is cool, but the problem is ties. Uh, I don't like to tie. Uh, You're way more likely to tie an 8-cat than an 9-cat. One thing I would like to see... uh, I want true shooting as a a category. Uh, I think that adding efficiency overall is a good good thing. Uh, That way, people who are really good, like Towns would be incredible. Durant would be ridiculous. Curry as well. Uh, Kawhi. All those guys would just kill with that extra category. So I think efficiency should be rewarded and guys who aren't should get hurt. Um, so that would probably be my one fix. And then scratching turnovers, obviously. Um, it stinks that turn... I don't like turnovers as a category, but it makes sense. It kind of levels the playing field for guys who are really, really loaded uh, as far as guys who have the ball. Uh, okay, so Francis... Parker is asking me how high am I on Jamal Murray? Again, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know the answer to that is very high. Um, I have him pretty much top 50. Um, I mean, I'll take him at 50. And, and that thing with Jonas, it took him at 52. And I think I may have taken him earlier. Because um, he took Marco Fultz over him. I would take Murray um, amongst other guys. I, I just I just don't. He has to be good. Um, this It's all system. It's all shooting. He's going to have probably close to two and a half threes. I think he's good for five assists. 16, 17 points. I think the steals are going to be there more than we think. He's just good. All right, so we'll get last couple questions. Iron Man's asking how many minutes for DeAndre Bembry. I think we're looking at low 20s. Uh, we still have Bazemore there who's been hurt a little bit lately. Uh, Tareen Prince is definitely the guy there. They still have Ursan Ilyasova there, so they won't play Prince at the at the four too much. But they're so empty up front, man. Um, they let Diamond Stone go. Plumlee's bad. Um, they're gonna play Deadman, but Deadman's not a big minute guy, so they're they're just gutted, man. So I like Bembry a lot. I think he's a, a solid fourteen team competitive sleeper. We saw him play well in summer league. Okay, so last question, a non fantasy one. Uh, Luis Espinosa is asking what reasonable trades could happen for Carmelo Anthony. This is tricky because that no trade clause is really holding the Knicks back uh, because as multiple sites have reported, he is saying, I want to go to Houston or bust basically. So knowing that, and if it's true, then that's that's, that's bad uh, for the Knicks because they're going to have to pretty much make a three-way deal go down 
And sure, the Blazers did free up some money with Alan Crabb, but they're still they still got some things to do, and it does help them with leverage if they do want like okay, you know, they have to get somebody good back in that Carmelo deal if they are going to be the third team. So, but yeah, you're not. I mean, you're not. You can't expect much. You can't expect a game changing guy to come out in this Melo deal. They really screwed up. Phil Jackson. And, both at the front end with giving Melo the no trade and then now on the back end killing his value. So, yeah, if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm I'm not hoping for much, man. Um, just preferably draft picks. Um, maybe lottery, uh, maybe one lottery pick and another late one from a team like Houston or something. Houston's kind of running out of assets here. So, all right, so good stuff. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do later this week, but we're doing a ton of draft guide stuff. Also, I do have to shout out the Rotor World Football Draft Guide. It's so good. Uh, I've been checking it out, catching up. Um, they do all different kinds of rankings. They do uh, a, a pretty much a new mock draft every week. They do uh, One thing that I like that they do is they kind of analyze who ranked their players where going into their consensus ranks. I thought that was cool to explain to see if guys are liking the same or if there's a, a little bit of a fluctuation on who likes who where. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so loaded. There's just, you, you can't beat that. I'll never buy a magazine ever again. Just uh, online stuff. This That's why we do it too. We don't even do a magazine anymore for foot or basketball. So, uh, and we're going to be loaded as well. We've got projections and everything. I'm writing up all these columns and breakout players second uh, second half players last year percentage killers percentage helpers all that good stuff all right so we're out of here you guys enjoy your week and we'll catch you next time